What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney Ryan Hawk is the creator and host of The Learning Leader Show, a top-rated iTunes business podcast that focuses on learning from the smartest, most creative leaders in the world, including such luminaries as Simon Sinek, Seth Godin, Kat Cole, and Adam Grant. Hawk's podcast has exploded on a global scale with listeners in 134 countries worldwide. Forbes has called The Learning Leader Show the most dynamic leadership podcast out there, and Inc. Magazine listed The Learning Leader Show as one of the top five podcasts to help you lead smarter. Ryan also writes for the Huffington Post on the topics of leading and empowering others. In addition, he is an executive at a Fortune 500 company in a leadership role, his background in the profession of selling, where he's won multiple awards for his production. Prior to his business pursuits, Hawk was a decorated college football quarterback at Miami University and Ohio University. Ryan, thanks for joining us this morning. How are you making out? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. Yeah, no, you're someone we mentioned in the pre-call that I am always learning from. So I'm excited my listeners get to take that opportunity to hear you speak today. So when you think of a great leader, what comes to mind? Uh, I probably first think about some people in my life. If if you say uh, if you say the phrase "great leader," uh, it starts starts with my parents. Um, they just that just flashed in my mind when it comes to great leading. Um, how to how to have a relationship and how to lead and, and raise three boys. Um, as as I became a parent um, years ago, uh, that became really my my the most important aspect for me from a leadership perspective was first leading them. And so that's why when whenever I think of leadership, I first think about being a dad and then um, both my mom and my dad and how they've impacted me and how they continue to impact me on a daily basis. Anything specifically they did raising you? Um, I think they they set a great framework for us to have. Um, it was there's there was very good discipline in our house growing up uh, with with three total boys. Me, I, I'm in the middle of of, of uh, my brothers. Um, they did a good job of of though letting us figure things out at times, um, not necessarily offering unsolicited advice, but always being there if we needed, if we wanted to shoot free throws under the lights at 1130 at night or go to the batting cages or, um, throw, throw the football in the yard, all of those things take us, to, take us to, to practice. They did that without question and we're always there. And so when, when it, when it comes to, to leading, whether it's in business or as um, a dad or a husband, one of the first um, and most important aspects is very simple, and that's showing up. You have to be there. If you're a, a sales manager, you need to be in the field with your team. If you're a dad or a mom, you need to be with your kids. Uh, be present when you're with your kids. It's very easy now, both in the business world as well as in the, in the world of being a parent, to physically be there but not mentally uh, be there. And I think that's something that I, I try to focus on and have varying degrees of, of success, but it's certainly something I think about a lot. So how do you balance now being a father, showing up, being there for your kids, but also allowing them to make their own mistakes and learn? I think this is an area where I struggle. Um, mm -hmm. It's hard because nowadays um, it's much, I don't know if I'd say easier, but um, we're more inclined to be helicopter parents and, and hover um, around them. And I have to catch myself and my wife and I talk about this a lot. We think about it a lot. 
of, of when they, they fall off the bike or whatever it may be when they stumble, um, of letting them, um, get up on their own because ultimately our job as parents, as leaders for our families is to prepare our children to be kind, loving, successful, um, people without us. And so we're really trying to, to do a good job of, of setting them up in that manner. And, and I, um, I struggle. I struggle. I think it's really hard. And I, that's why I'm constantly seeking out knowledge, just like you do, Sean, to, to hopefully help me along this path. What other things are you struggling with? I, I was surprised to hear that come right off the tongue for you. So what are the things I'm struggling with? Yep. Um, that's tough. There's a lot of things um, going on. I think one of the areas is that I I like to do so many different things when it comes to, uh, as I've made this career progression that I'm sure we're going to talk about, that I, I'm getting started and there's, there's 19 different things that I want to do. And it's hard to do 19 different things, um, at least to do them well. Uh, and so uh, prioritizing, focusing on what's most important, what's going to give me the greatest output. I'm still figuring that out. So I would say that's a struggle. Yeah, I think we're all struggling with that prioritization and and really focusing on those key aspects that are helping our business or helping our own development. And you mentioned your career progression, and we're definitely going to get into this, but I'm so fascinated by the family element of everything. And, and you grew up in a household, you said you're one of three boys uh, it's quite a unique family atmosphere where uh, your one brother, AJ, over a decade in the NFL, your dad, Fortune 500 executive. What was the water like in the Hawk household? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I think they did a good job of, of instilling in us a great work ethic and understanding that we're going to have to earn everything. Um, they led by example. So kids, as you know, um, uh, as, as most people know, uh, they – they follow actions from their parents much more than the the words. <laughs> so that's why we try to model the, the correct behavior, at least the behavior that we think is is right. And and my parents certainly did that for us. They still do it for us. And we try to do the same thing. And that was that is part of why I thought it was important for me to to really sit down with our daughters and talk to them about um I think it's important to find the, the only way to really do great work is, is, is to find work that you truly love. And so, um, I need to model that behavior for myself and my own career, uh, in order for me, I can't just say that to my, to my daughters, I need to live that. And so leading with action, um, doing what I say I'm going to do, uh, is very important to me, uh, because I realize they're going to see that they're constantly aware of, of what's going on. Kids are really smart, even if, they don't always um, say it. They're they're thinking about it, and uh, so that's why I think leading with with the action, modeling the behavior that you hope your kids embody is is very important. Any specific instances where you led with example? Maybe one of your daughters had a profound moment where she really saw you in action and what you were doing and transpiring in your life. I um, a few years ago, I mean, I, I talked to them about the fact that I think getting up on stage and speaking to hundreds of people can be a frightening thing. And, um, we talked about that. Uh, most people are scared of that. And I certainly have, uh, or at least have had those, those same fears like most people at times. And the one way to, to model the behavior that you hope for your children to follow is to lean into those moments and to aggressively pursue 
those moments. And so for me, that's why I really leaned into saying yes more frequently when people would ask me to to speak and share some of the message from the Learning Leader Show, my podcast. Um, and now I do that uh, on a regular basis. And it's become a, a part of my business um, because I think it's important to model again to them that you are willing to stand up and do things that are uncomfortable because those are the greatest moments of growth. And I want them to constantly be seeking out opportunities to grow. And I cannot want that for them, I don't believe at least, without uh, doing that myself. And so it's leaning into specific moments that are uncomfortable, saying yes to uncomfortable things, really thinking about it, and then doing it uh, once you analyze that it, that it could uh, potentially be an opportunity for you to grow. Were you always someone who embraced the uncomfortable? I don't think so. I, I think I've really um, been a routine and ritualized type of a person. My wife would say I, I probably I still am like that. I just my routines and rituals have have changed as I've learned from some of the greatest leaders in the world over the past three years recording with them. Um, so, I mean, most people again, I'm I probably like most people at times um, find their their comfortable comfortable setting their comfortable place, their comfortable routine, and then they stay within that. And I've done that. I did that probably the majority of my life um, up until I started really studying the difference between the people who have sustained excellence and those who haven't. And I've noticed that one of the commonalities among them is that they are reinventing themselves. They are very curious. They are experimenting. They are trying things. And they certainly are getting outside of their comfort zone on a regular basis. It's funny how you mentioned the reinvention and and what you see across these different leaders. And there, there's always going to be reoccurring themes and, and some of those that you hit on. Talking about routine and how beneficial that can be, I think it would be really great for some of the listeners to know what your routine looks like. Any practices you do daily, any morning routines, things like that that you've implemented? From a morning routine perspective, it, it's certainly um, the same almost every day, um, certainly every weekday. And I, I've now done it uh, on the weekends. I started doing it on the weekends. And that's I wake up quite early, um, usually a little before 5 o'clock, because mainly uh, I think as, a, as a, a husband and a dad, you don't get that much time to yourself. And so you have to find ways to carve that time out. And for me, it's really the only opportunity is very early in the morning. So it starts early in the morning with some sort of journaling um, practice. I use something called the five-minute journal. It's quite popular now, but um, uh, guys I've gotten to know created it a few years ago, and I've, I've implemented that, just really focusing on moments of gratitude, uh, setting small daily goals for yourself, and then analyzing uh, how you did at the end of the day. That's what the five-minute journal helps me do. Usually drink some sort of... Um, uh, I, I go between water or uh, hopefully some sort of healthy energy drink without sugar. Um, then I stretch and then I go to the gym and work out, uh, usually for about an hour. And then I come home and have breakfast with my family. We'll uh, tend to uh, drop my youngest daughter off at school as the others get on the bus and then um, get the day started work-wise. So uh, I think I like getting my brain moving with with the with the journaling and writing and thinking and, and then if any ideas come to mind, I also will jot those down or put it in a folder or in a file on my phone to think about and revisit later in the day if something creative sparks in me. So I think spending those few hours to myself is very helpful for me personally. 
Um, and then certainly getting they started right with, with my family and sharing a meal is something that I uh, greatly look forward to every day. Yeah, that time to yourself, I, I've really, truly started to appreciate the value in that and how it sets the rest of the day up for success. I mean, you were a Division One football player. You mentioned you get some physical activity in the morning. What's your workout routine look like? So I um, like to, I don't like to run, but I, that's why I do it uh, most days. Um, be, again, I think it's important to, to lean into things that are uncomfortable or things you don't like. So I usually start to start it with a, with a short run and then I do basic weight training, um, that, uh, I've carried on from my athletic career. Um, so, uh, I try to evolve and learn new things when it comes to, um, the type of weightlifting that I do. And so I can constantly, again, be, be growing and putting my muscles under stress so that they, they grow. Um, and then I always cool down every single day with, uh, time on the elliptical to read. I read on the elliptical every single day. Um, and to me, it's just kind of my meditative state where I don't really think, um, that much, uh, I am reading and sometimes stopping to take notes, but that is a very important part of my day for me. If anything else, I, I value that time because uh, I love, you know, seeking knowledge and, and that guarantees that I'm going to do it on a daily basis. If nothing else happens the rest of the day, um, that I have, have that time at the end of a tough workout. Cause I don't really view the elliptical as very, it's, it's, it's pretty easy for the most part. Um, physical wise, uh, it's still good to do. It's good to move your body and do those things, but it's, but I, I, I view it as a, a way to kind of calm down and, and learn by, by reading. And, um, so I, I, I look forward to that very much at the end of my workouts. Are you reading books, articles? Yeah. Books? Yeah. Books, books. I read, I use, a um, uh, the Kindle app on my iPad. Okay. Do you do audible at all? I do do audible. Yeah. I do audible as well at times, but usually I'll listen to that in my car or I'm um, listening to podcasts. So in my car, I listen, that's really the only two things I listen to is, um, podcasts and, and audible in my car. It's so awesome how much knowledge we can consume now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, technology can be good and bad, um, but for the most part, it's been great. Uh, I, like I said, I have uh, always have different files and, and folders and Google Docs on on my phone that I can add to, and then I uh, also have them up on my computer. So whenever an idea sparks me, I can write it down really uh, quickly and then add to the material that I'm putting together. So I think that's... Um, that's where technology has been huge, a uh, big benefit for me. Any books you've read recently that you absolutely loved? Um, I really, I just said this, but um, so you might have heard me talk about it, but I, I love the Wright Brothers book by David McCullough. If you think about an incredible story, it's really well-written, first of all, and it's it's told like like a novel in a way, but it's a true story about two brothers who, who, who were, um, who grew up here in Dayton, Ohio. That's where I live. And so I'm very proud of that aspect of it, but grew up here in Dayton, Ohio and were severely underfunded, uh, in comparison to the other people who were trying to create flying machines like they were and they, their own, uh, curiosity, uh, wisdom, intelligence that they built, they experimented, they tried things, they crashed, they got hurt. Um, and they're, they're, they, they would stand on the sand dunes in North Carolina and watch the birds fly and mimic birds and think about how that could become the wings of the flying machines they wanted to create, man. It was just a great book and it's inspiring. Um, it's historical. It's really beautiful. I highly recommend people check out the Wright brothers by David McCullough. 
Yeah, I heard you mention that on your uh, your most recent episode of the podcast. So have that in my notes uh, to download that and consume that over the holiday weekend coming up. And you, you talked about growing and you now have one of the top rated business podcasts on iTunes, The Learning Leader Show. It's in my weekly rotation. I know on Sunday night, I'm going to get that episode. So for Monday morning, I'm definitely going to be consuming that. What led you to start a podcast? A few things I would say. Thank you, first of all. That's kind of you. Um, and I'm very proud um, of my audience because I found as I get to know them more and more, um, they are a very bright group of people. I mean, it's high level people who, who are doing big things like like you are, Sean. So I, I'm very proud of that and I'm, I'm appreciative. So thank you. Why I started it was... Um, Oh, about three years ago, a little bit more than three years ago, um, I'm kind of moving up the, the 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 ladder, right? The career ladder that a lot of people are on, where they're, you're 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 going from individual contributor to manager, and then and then continually moving from there. And I I just felt like um, I wasn't uh, getting enough from a leadership development perspective. I considered going to get my PhD um, after I got my MBA. I considered that. Uh, didn't necessarily love the curriculums of the places I was looking at. So I thought maybe I could create my own PhD program in leadership development and the way I could do this. I was already, um, really listening to a lot of podcasts at the time. And I'd also had experience in interviewing a lot of people to hire them for sales roles. So I thought maybe I could use some of the skill I developed from um, an interviewing perspective, focus on the topic that I love the most, which is, which is leading and serving other people, then reach out to some of my leadership heroes and see if we could get these conversations recorded and then share them, um, with, with other people. And, and there's one quick story within that at the exact same time this was happening, I was fortunate to have a dinner set up with Todd Wagner and Todd is Mark Cuban's business partner. And at this dinner that I was at with Todd. He told the story of, of Mark and him creating broadcast.com and the highs and the lows and ultimately to the moment where he's sitting across from the leaders at Yahoo. And this is when Yahoo was like Google. And he uh, ultimately convinced them to to buy their company for $5.7 billion and it made him and Mark billionaires. And, and we saw Mark has gone on to Shark Tank and owning the Dallas Mavericks and maybe our future president, who knows. And Todd has lived a quieter life, a, phil- a philanthropic life, which is still quite impressive um, in his own right. And I thought, man, I wish I had that conversation recorded. That would have been so helpful to not only me to re-listen, but to others as well. And so if you combine all of that, which was going on, right, my career, yearning for more leadership development, that dinner with Todd and the stories told, my background of interviewing and hiring sales professionals, I thought, I'm going to I'm gonna give this a go. And so I recorded 22 episodes before I released a single one of them, studied the algorithms when it comes to iTunes at the time, three years ago, tried my best to optimize for that, tried to put together quality episodes where I was leading with my curiosity, listening well and asking good follow-up questions. And fortunately, it it seemed to work. Um, and and my, my show landed uh, high in, in, in the iTunes ranking. And then that's a self-propagating um, uh, feature when it comes to uh, iTunes is the fact that then, then more people will hear it and more people will download it, more people will listen. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And now here we are three years later, 235, I don't know, plus conversations. And it's so much fun, man. It's one of the most enjoyable things that I that I do uh, every day or most days is when I get to record with with a leadership hero of mine. And, and I love the fact that it's 
positively influencing uh, people all over the world as well. That's so gratifying for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm so fortunate that you finally jumped in and decided to launch this podcast because I've just learned so much from it. You mentioned your leadership heroes. You talked about Todd Wagner. Who are some of those other leadership heroes you have? It's really hard to name a few. Um, if, if you're talking about guests that have been on my show. I feel like you're someone who learns so much from so many people in your life. It doesn't have to be someone on your show. I know just mm -hmm. the impact your, your father's had, Todd, anyone mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, I think of somebody named Hobbin Gurma. Um, Hobbin is the first deafblind Harvard Law School graduate. Hobbin um, became a hero of mine. I saw her TED Talk. I then uh, reached out to her, asked her to record. And, and so it was just a, it was a really surreal moment for me when I was speaking to Hobbin because, again, she's deaf and blind. So she had to have a translator on with us on we're we're doing it just like uh, you and I are Sean here on Skype and I would I would speak and then her her translator would type it into a braille machine and she would read it in braille and then she would speak back to me and she's really uh, taught herself how to how to speak beautifully as you know um, people who are deaf sometimes can can struggle with that and she um, I, I just love her message of advocating for those with disabilities and, and became really a, a hero of mine through our conversation. I love seeing what she's been able to do despite everything that people would say she was dealt a tough hand and she would never say that. She would never agree with that. And she probably even disliked me saying that, but um, I, I have been moved by her message and the fact of what she's been able to do and what she currently does for, for people with disabilities. I'm, um, very fortunate to have met somebody like that and inspires me every day. Yeah, in the podcasting space, we really are so fortunate with some of the conversations we get to have with these inspiring people and the impact they have. I'm, I'm sure they never understand the scale of it, but it, it's so cool hearing some of those conversations and also getting to uh, take part in those. In terms of people who haven't heard your episodes before, anyone you think any episode they should uh, download first? Uh, I think uh, 232 is a big one. That's the one I just did um, talking about career transition. I think another one that people would like is the one with Jim Collins. I, I reference it um, a lot um, because he offered so much advice both for me as a person and living my life and what I should do as well as in how to run and lead a business. So it, it was a great combination episode. Um, Jim doesn't really do podcasts. Um, he does very few speeches now. He, for, for, if you haven't read Good to Great, it's kind of the Bible when it comes to running a business and leading people and leading teams and the difference between people who have done it good and the people who have done it great. That's a, a question that I ask all the time. And so I would say the Jim Collins episode is, is one that people um, would get a lot out of regardless of your profession. Yeah. If you don't have Good to Great. That is one you have to pick up, get on your bookshelf. And then you mentioned episode 232, and I'm so excited to dive into this. So I think you need to fill the listeners in on the, the recent career shift and life shift you've had. Sure. I, um, as I said, uh, I graduated from college in 2005. I played a little bit of arena football after playing college football. I graduated from Ohio University. And I, I, I did what probably a lot of people do. You're not quite sure what you want to do at the time. At least I wasn't. And college kids now, I, I go and speak in college campuses a lot. They're so more. They're, they're just they're incredibly prepared. So I'm very impressed. But if you're like me and you weren't really prepared to to stop playing your sport, um, as I was. Uh, you're not sure what to do. And I got in the profession of selling. And fortunately, I kind of utilized some of the work ethic and discipline that was built through my coaches uh, playing football and, and and channeled that into the profession of selling and was able to have some success, got promoted, 
uh, a few times until ultimately I was VP of sales at a big, um, big international corporation as of uh, recently. And, but, um, about six months ago, I really thought I, 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 I was thinking of, is there a way that I could put a hundred percent of my effort and time into what I love the most? And that's this leadership development space. So podcasting, keynote speaking, consulting, both one-on-one and group settings, uh, online courses, all the things that could go along with building this business from with the learning leader brand. And I'm so fortunate to have met, um, a great leader named Doug Meyer and Doug runs a, a firm called Brixie and Meyer who Doug was, was looking to make an opportunistic hire to grow and expand his, his business advisory practice and really wanted to start a leadership advisory practice. And we had met many times and ultimately decided, uh, making a, a, a really long story, a little bit shorter. We ultimately decided that, um, we both wanted to do this together and so that I could join his firm and, and create a leadership advisory practice. And, um, I've just got started uh, doing it. I elected to leave my corporate job. Um, certainly there's, there's some risk involved and leave some of the financial security, uh, that I had, uh, there and some of the other parts, uh, other pros of working at a big company. And, now we're we're doing this together, and I have a lot of freedom and empowerment to to create and to double down on my podcast, uh, to say yes more frequently to these um, engagement requests, whether it's speaking, coaching, mastermind groups, those types of things. And I I told you before we started recording, um, Sean, that I I'm just it, it's it almost doesn't seem real. It's it's so much fun every day. I love it. And I highly recommend it to anybody if you can find a way to, uh, I was side hustling for three years, man. That's a long time for three hard years. It was fun. I loved it, but it's really tough, um, to do it. And, and as Jim Collins told me, it's, you know, it's, it's hard. Uh, we're, we're pursuing this low odds game and it's hard, um, to, to make it work. In fact, your, your odds will go to zero if at some point you don't decide to, untether yourself and go all in. And so that's what I've elected to do. And, um, it's just been so much fun, man. I'm very grateful for the opportunity and we're really just getting started though. So who knows we should talk a year from now and see what's going on. But right now I'm, I'm ecstatic and, and having a lot of fun working with, with some very quality people. Oh, I would absolutely love following up in a year. And you mentioned that three year side hustle. Was that strategic? Did you have an end game in mind? No, definitely not. I, I started it just out of, like I said, my sheer curiosity to think maybe I could do this. And I did record 22 of them before I, before I launched. And that was one, so I could stay consistent. As you said, you, you know, you're getting it every Sunday night at seven o'clock Eastern. So you can listen, some early listeners listen right then. And a lot of people listen on Monday morning and, um, I'm big on consistency. So I, I, I know I, I didn't want to ever, uh, risk, having to reach for a guest that wouldn't add value. So I said, I'm going to record a bunch of them. And, and, you know, I was sitting here in my home studio doing these things. People want to like, what is he doing? My family even was wondering, <laughs> what is he doing? There's nothing, there's nothing out. There's nothing out there that says I even had a podcast because it took me four months before I launched strategically. I did that for, for a good reason because I wanted to stay ahead of it. And I have ever since then, I think that's, that was important to plan to start, but I didn't plan any sort of transition. Um, I, I, I wasn't sure what would happen. I was hopeful that if I focused on putting together really quality work, 
my output uh, continually getting better. Me improve as an interviewer, as um, a leader, as a thinker, as someone who could be more thoughtful, ask better questions, be a better listener. I thought and I hoped that that could lead to a, to a, a neat opportunity. And that's, that's ultimately what had happened. I didn't know what that opportunity would be, but I thought if I, if I consistently stay disciplined doing the work, that there's a chance that it would lead to something fun and enjoyable and gratifying and fulfilling. And that's, that's where we are right now. Was there a distinct moment when you knew you were going to leave your comfy corporate job and take this leap? We, Doug and I met a first time about six, maybe a little bit more than six months ago. And I wasn't a hundred percent happy with my, the, the corporate job at the time. There's, I, I won't go into everything cause it would take too long, but there was parts of the job that I really loved. And then there were parts of it that I really disliked. And so we met with the, the intention of the, the purpose of that meeting initially was for him. He knows a lot of people and it was for him to, he offered to make introductions for me to potentially exit in some way, shape or form. And what, what happened during that lunch though, was we both, I think without fully saying it to each other that day said, man, I'd like to work with that guy. And he was saying that to his wife. And I said that to my wife. And so we, we, we got together again three months after that, and, and I think at, after that that second meeting, that was a moment where I thought, "All right, there's a there's a good chance I'm going to do this." And then we had many meetings since then, and and so uh, it, it ultimately got to the point to where we we decided that we were going to do it together. As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, they believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. My favorite product is their convenient new Brain Stick Pack. Perfect before a workout or a study session, their dual mushroom blend supports memory attention and brain health. I also have been using their cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you to as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. Today, what got you there is being fueled by Soniva Super Coffee. Soniva provides an organic bottled coffee blended with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil for all-day energy. Grab a bottle at your local Whole Foods market or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Distilled utilizes the same fabrics, factories, and wash houses as the best-known brands and designers while skipping the markups and middlemen. The result? Top-quality denim without the retail runaround. Just go to dstld.com and see where minimalist design meets maximum comfort. They have a 100% fit guarantee, offering free shipping and returns until you find the perfect pair. Inspired by the creative class, Distilled is the perfect brand for those who have other things to think about besides getting dressed. You'll look good no matter what with Distilled. Distilled has been featured in Forbes, Time, and TechCrunch, as well as on denim-clad celebrities in GQ and Men's Health. You can find the brand's amazing selection of outwear, leather jackets, t-shirts, and more using the same principles of high-grade materials at low-end cost. 
Distilled is your answer to elevated style without elevated prices. Just go to DSTLD.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. You mentioned you were unhappy in your corporate job. I'm also curious about the timing of your dad's retirement and then your brother AJ's retirement from the NFL. Did that have any impact on you? Um, as much as I'd like to say yes, to make this a good story, I actually probably had zero bearing on what I was doing. No, really? I don't think, I don't think so. I mean, I don't, there, it just, it's probably just a sheer coincidence. I don't, I don't, I don't think, um, you know, it, it was this circumstance. I think w- without, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm being careful here, but I think what I'd say is really important is the who is the people that you're surrounded with. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be surrounded by quality people who treat people the right way with respect. And if you find yourself in a situation that the people, some of the people you're with don't treat others with just decency (laughs) and, and, and certain levels of respect, I believe you should exit and get out of there. And if the who is not right, then you need to find, um, find your who a better, a better place. Um, uh, and better people to spend your time with. Cause at the end of the day, Sean, we, our lives honestly are not that long. And so it, they're, they're just far too short and you don't know how long it's going to be. They're just far too short. In my opinion, to spend time around people who are not of high quality, who don't lift you up. And I know it's not always practical and you do have to plan. And that's why I was having lunches with Doug and other people, because I thought this is, this is going to change. I'm going to make a change because I'm not going to subject myself to some of these things. And so that's, that's why I, I, I ultimately decided to do what I did. So I would just, that that's, if there's any advice I give the college kids and I just gave a speech on a college campus and they asked this, and this is exactly what I said is, is be very careful about who you surround yourself with. And if for some reason, something out of your control happens to where, the people that you're being surrounded by at your company is they're not quality, then you need to do something about it. And, and that's what I've done. That's such sound advice to exit that toxic environment. Cause I mean, right. that'll, that'll wear on your, your business that'll wear on your family life. So I think that is amazing advice. And I want to get more into the details. What's your day to day like now with Brixie and Meyer is every day different. What, what are you doing the most of? Every day is different. So it, one of the things that's been interesting since making this announce, announcement is is uh, um, the inquiries for one-on-one coaching have really gone up. Uh, there's there's a lot every single day. I was I didn't think one-on-one coaching would be that a, a really a, a revenue stream or something that we did um, that I was going to do. Now we're rethinking that a little bit. So I'm. Um, it's funny like we're we're you know I'm still working through a lot of things um we're booking speeches for 2018 I just had another inquiry yesterday where we're going to we 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 got one booked um we're building what what I'm calling leadership circles or what they they call leadership circles and what what I'm going to I'm going to do as well at Brixton Meyer and what they are is basically a group of 8 to 10 leaders um in some cases business owners but it doesn't have to be where I'm going to do two different groups. One of them is going to be an in-person group. So people, it'll help if they're local here um, to Dayton, Ohio. And then the other one will be a virtual group um, that will probably have a few more people 
than that. And we're going to meet via, um, something like Google Hangouts. And, uh, so that's, that we're really building it out. And then with, with Greg Meredith, the, the, the other, the third person who was on that episode 232, who facilitated it, Greg and I have been spending parts of every single day building out our, our leadership development content. So that'll be in forms of books, workshops, um, all types of live events. Um, and they'll, they'll go for, uh, for content purposes on our website. So that's all being built. So that's, that's fun. I mean, building things to me is really enjoyable. And Greg is a guy who really, um, does a great job at, um, he just, he, he, he's, he's much smarter than me and it's good to, to, to put yourself in situations with people who are, who are more intelligent than you because it lifts you up in my opinion. And so he helps, he brings out the best in me. And so I, I love spending time with him and, 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 uh, going through ideas and getting things down on paper. So I would say the bulk of my days. So recently over the last couple of weeks have been a uh, well, obviously podcasting, uh, creating content, building out our circles, our leadership circles, um, trying to gauge how much of this one-on-one coaching to do. And, um, and then, uh, uh, meeting with, with current actually existing Berkshire Meyer clients to add value to their leadership team. So there's a lot going on. That's why I mentioned to you earlier that, that the focus part of it is tough because I think there's going to be a lot of experimenting to realize what's, what's the best use of my time. Um, and we'll probably make some mistakes I would imagine, and then learn from the mistakes and figure out how to optimize for, for, for the time that I spend and what I'm doing during that time. Oh, I'm, I'm just getting jacked up hearing about all these different new avenues that you're going to be contributing to. And, and you're talking about you guys are still in the build-out phase. Which thing is scaring you the most during that build-out phase? Is there a new thing, whether it be books that you you're, haven't been an author in the past, you're terrified of, is new podcasts, anything like that really pushing the boundaries on what you're comfortable with? Uh, the biggest change is that when you shift from – I was only getting to do this type of work about 10% of my day and now it's a hundred percent. So again, what's scary is you're thinking, is this the right thing to be working on? Hmm. So every day I, th- I have moments where I think that literally every day, Sean. And so I'm thinking, is this the right thing to be working on? Should I be doing this now or should I be doing something else? Um, and that's why I think the trying things out, experiment, experimenting with certain, um, projects, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll learn. And so again, a year from now, I'll say, man, I can't believe I was doing this and that I should have never done that. And, or I'd say, I can't believe I'm doing this and that. I never would have imagined that that would be part of it. I I think that's what we're figuring out and that's why it's fun. And that's why I try to take my listeners along that journey. You'll hear as, as I've already recorded some of these episodes that are coming out here within the next few weeks, I talk through some of this with, with my guests. And it's, it's interesting to, as I'm really asking for myself, but I think it hopefully helps other people too, to get advice from some of these world-class performers and understand how they, um, manage this in their daily lives. When you're in the trenches trying to figure out if it's the right thing to currently be doing, how, how do you judge that? How do you know if you're not wasting your time? Do you, do you hold yourself accountable in any way? Do you meet with a particular mentor? Well, we do have periods of self-assessment um, that I try to do every day, and then also I I do meet with Doug Meyer uh, and Greg Meredith, the two guys from Two Thirty Two, um, every day, and we're talking through what's going on, proposals we're putting together, uh, inbound inquiries that um, I'm receiving, and then how to best manage that. So I'm getting advice from close mentors in that regard, uh, business partners. 
Um, I speak with my, my dad a lot about those things as well, whether it's text, phone, email, where I'm saying, what do you think about this? Is this something that you think is a good idea? I speak with my brother, AJ, a lot about that. And then I speak with my wife. So I have, um, uh, I would say uh, my own little board of advisors, that's a combination of family and close friends who I can trust and they're willing to tell me the truth, uh, which is vital when you, when you create your own little board of advisors for yourself and your own career, it, it's not helpful if you have people on that board that aren't willing to be brutally honest with you when you need it. And, um, if they're just going to tell you, um, the things, if they're just going to give you happy talk every day, that's, it's almost, I mean, I guess it's can be helpful for, to have positive reinforcement, but in a way it could really hurt you if they're, if they're being nice when they should be, uh, more harsh. Did those family members always provide that feedback or did you have to work directly with them to let them know the importance of being honest and truthful? Uh, I mean, it's like anything else. I think you have to build, um, over time you, you, you build more and more and more trust. Um, and so I'm, I, I would say family member wise, we've been, you know, I've been married for some time and, um, I've, I've known my brother his entire life. I'm older by two years and obviously same with my, my parents. So the, I think we've, we've developed that, um, that real type of a relationship to where we can say, Hey, this wasn't necessarily a good idea or, or maybe you should tweak and, and change that um, uh, a little bit. So you were a successful football player, successful sales leader, successful podcaster. How do you sustain this excellence over time? Um, I, I guess I think the most important qualities for me, and I don't know if it works for everybody, is I would say I'm, I'm very disciplined when it comes to being consistent. Um, so there are things I try to hold myself accountable to. And, and I, I think some of the, the, the greatest creatives and creators don't have to be consistent. Um, for me, if you look at my football career or you look at my sales career or my podcast career or any type of leadership career, I've never been the most talented person or in some cases never been even close to the most talented person for any of those roles in my life. Football wise, I was not, I simply was not talented enough to earn a college scholarship without disciplined effort and coaching and help. And so I really needed, needed those, those, my coaches to help me, um, to get more out of me. I think they, they helped me, um, uh, from a work ethic perspective, build the foundation there. And then the same thing happened when I went to college and then went to, um, a little bit after college and then, and then went to the profession of selling. And the same with podcasting is that if you asked people who are closest to me, if you ask my wife, like, why do you think you know, he's had any type of, um, any, any levels of, of success, she would just say he just really disciplined and really consistent in his, in his work and what he does every single day. And I think that's, if I self-assess, that's, that's the key to me. If I stopped if I wasn't as disciplined or I didn't uh, consistently work on it every single day, I don't think I would be talented enough or good enough to uh, to have any level of success. Do you think you would be this successful if you never played college football and went through that with those coaches and those mentors? Well, I would say from a coaching perspective, the best coaches I had were at, were at Centerville High School. But I, I really there's there's definitely definitely yeah. Well, what about what about them? Well. Um, I can name so Ron Ollery is 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 the guy. He first of all led through his actions. He was always the first guy there. He was always the most prepared person. He's also a very intelligent person. Um, he imparted a lot of wisdom on me. He pushed me harder than anybody in my life has ever pushed me. 
And so I've never had anyone since then push me like that. Um, and so it, it showed me, I, I just tried to, to follow him and, 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 and do the way, do things the way he did it. Um, so when you think about being prepared, that's another reason why I've had any levels of success is, is just being overly prepared for those moments, whatever big potential opportunities you get in your life. And, and Coach Allery was the guy who modeled that behavior for me um, through the way he coached. And so if, if you'd say, would, would this, any of this type of success happen without them, there is a 0% chance it would have happened without them. Um, they, they play a massive role, um, in this because you're, it's your formative years where you're truly learning how to work, how to create habits, how to be disciplined, how to be consistent. And, and if I would have had the average high school football coach that most people have, I would have just followed them. I would have thought that's the way to do it. And that would have been a huge detriment to me detriment to me. I am certainly I wouldn't have gotten a college scholarship, wasn't talented enough, like a lot of my teammates and people from other teams. And and so I, I needed that. I know I need that. And as I self-assess, I'm fully aware of that. That's why I'm so big on finding mentors and treating them right. Um, on a regular basis because I know how important they are for me to have any sort of chance to succeed is that I, I need those those that coaching in my life to help me. That's a very powerful perspective. Thanks for sharing that. You, you talk about the successful career, um, both on the field, off the field. Is there a, a particular moment, accomplishment you're most proud of? Sports-wise? Across all assets of life. Um... That's tough. I, I I would say you know I, it's funny. I, in in the profession of selling, the, there's 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 scoreboards and there's way to measures and there's things called presence club and circle of excellence. And I felt great joy when I won those awards um, because they had nothing to do with my athletic ability. It had nothing to do with really anything but my pure um, willingness to perform and 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 um, succeed over certain levels and objectives that were set by the company. And, um, when they call your name up on those stages, then all salespeople can, can, can picture this now when they call your name up on those stages in front of your, your peers and you're in the top one or two or 3% of per producers and performers in your company. I, I, I don't know why that came front of mind. Like that's really important to me. Like I'd liked, I, I enjoy the recognition in front of my peers that I've, that I've done a good job. And, I don't know if that's weird or that's just being a human. I'm not sure, but I, I think of those moments a lot. And, and so I don't, I don't have that set up today, but it's different now today. What gives me the most joy is when I receive emails from people or phone calls or whatever it may be. And from people that said, I just got one recently said my, I, that was a spine tingling moment at, at, at minute 51 of episode 232. I mean, that stuff's powerful, man. Like when I saw that, message and I heard other people cried and they get emotional like I did. I mean, that to, to be able to say you can move people just with, with the audio that you're putting together and the message that you're trying to share is very impactful to me. And it means a lot. I take it very seriously and I take it as a big responsibility and I enjoy it. And so I think those, those are the first things that come to mind when you think about moments that you felt, you know, you felt some, 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 uh, you felt good about what you were doing. 
Yeah, for anyone who hasn't listened to some of the episodes of your podcast, believe me, those spine tingling moments happen again and again throughout these episodes with just the caliber of questions you have, the guests you have on. So anyone who hasn't listened, they're certainly going to get those moments. And as someone who's always trying to learn, trying to grow more, what are you doing today to really push yourselves? Obviously, you're you're with Brixie Meyer now, but anything outside of that that you're doing on a daily basis? Well, obviously, I think the the preparation, as you know, the preparation process for doing a, uh, a good episode and really uh, digging into to the person that you're speaking with, you learn so much in that process. And so that's that's big for me is that really uh, embracing and enjoying the prep process for each and every episode. I take that quite seriously and I learn a lot um, every time I do it. So I think it's just being aware and noticing things, um, always seeking out knowledge from various sources, uh, that's that's really my process on a daily basis is f- being able to try to find learning moments in really everything you do, and whether it's just a an, a random conversation with somebody in the hallway, or something you watch on TV, whether your children are watching, or or something you you see um, that was posted on some sort of social media site. Uh, I'm just trying to make sure that my awareness levels are, are are high on a daily basis so that I can pick up things and notice things and see how that could positively influence me. That's one of the things I've appreciated most about you is your preparation. It comes out in every single episode you do. So continue to do that. It's been fun listening to those episodes and hearing that. So if you had one recommendation for listeners, if they want to go out tomorrow, become a better leader, what should they be doing? Um. Wow. One work recommendation to become a better leader. I'm stalling here as I'm thinking, uh, Sean, I, I, I honestly would, would, I think that having that, uh, board close board of advisors for yourself is so important. And so, um, whatever you want to call them, your, your few mentors in life, um, people who are willing, first of all, that you got to pick the right people and that's, that's very important. So find your who, but the people who have, accomplish things that you want to accomplish, people who think about the world in ways that you find interesting and useful, um, and people you look up to, and then people who are willing to be honest with you about your faults. And you have to set that framework, uh, with your, with your, uh, conversations with them, um, that you, you, you really value that and you're okay with it and you can handle it even if they're going to tell you some some tough things. But one piece of advice when it comes to being a good mentee in the mentor-mentee relationship, and I've said this, said this a few times, but I said it because I really mean it and it's helped me a lot. If you're the mentee, okay, this is a practical thing that, that we all can do and I hope people do this from, from listening to this. If you're the mentee in the mentor-mentee relationship, so you have your meetings and, and you, you go and you have the meeting with, with your mentor, whatever, it's a lunch, phone call, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. Obviously, it's important to take notes during the, that meeting um, because it's hard to remember everything. So take notes on what they've shared with you, practical tips. Then when the meeting is over, go home, write it down, type it up, whatever you want to do, and send them an email and say, hi, Jane, you're my mentor. Thank you so much for meeting with me today. I found it very impactful. It was really helpful. Here specifically what I took away from it. Here's what I'm going to implement into my life. Please correct me if I've gotten anything wrong. Oh, and by the way, feel free to forward this email to anybody you wish because I'd re- I, I would love to help more than just myself from this conversation. This will do a few things. One, it'll differentiate you from 99% of the people out there because nobody does this. But two, it'll show your mentor that you truly care, that you were listening 
that you're going to try to take their advice and implement it into their life. It'll flatter them. It'll make them feel good. It'll make them really want to root for your success. And that is a good thing to have in the world is to have people rooting for you to be successful, especially people that are mentors of yours. They'll, they'll be excited to meet with you the next time. And then obviously what I said before, you could help other people because they're going to forward it hopefully to others and it could help them. And you're documenting their thoughts. Who doesn't want their thoughts documented? Um, everybody does. So I think if, if you're the mentee in that relationship and we all should be mentees in some way, shape or form, we should be mentors and mentees. If you're that playing that role, please implement that into your day-to-day practice. And I guarantee I literally had a text from a, a high school head football coach two days ago said, I heard your, one of your speeches. I went to it. I did this and it, 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 basically was life-changing type advice when it came to now his mentor-mentee relationship. And this is a guy who's a highly successful, he's won a ton of football games, uh, head coach, Division One football here in Ohio, who's implemented. And so if if he's doing it, I know everybody should, and, and it can be so helpful for both people in that relationship. Out of all the podcast episodes, without a doubt, that is the best actionable advice one of these people have ever said. I cannot thank you enough, Ryan Hawk, for stating that everyone needs to go back, listen to that part multiple times and really implement that into their lives. Man, Ryan, you brought it today. I can't thank you enough, but I want to make sure the listeners stay connected with you. Where can we direct them? Twitter is at RyanHawk12, RyanHawk12, um, and my website's learningleader.com. So feel free to check out um, social, RyanHawk12, or uh, learningleader.com. You can listen to episodes, send me an email, send me a note on Twitter. I'd be happy to um, uh, to have conversations. I love the intelligent questions that are fired my way, and they they, they make me think, and um, interacting with the audience is, is so, so fun and gratifying, and I'd love to do it, man. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm curious though, Sean, so you've been doing this for a while. You've had some incredible guests. I was obviously looking through your show as I was getting ready for this. And I, and from your perspective, what are, what would you what would you pull out and say there are the common themes or characteristics of your guests that the ones who have sustained excellence and who have um, really been a cut above the rest? What would you what what's the one thing you could pull out? I don't want to just go one thing because there's a couple things. So so first off, I think these people are not afraid to make mistakes. That's one thing. They know they're going to face challenges and they embrace those challenges every single day. It's going after those challenges, knowing you're going to fail, but then how do you learn from those mistakes? And when you learn from those mistakes, like you mentioned, you implement those new things into your lives. And if you if you are someone who's looking to better your life, you got to go out there every single day, be consistent, like you said. You have to show up, and then you also have to implement these new things when you're learning them. So, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to talk to a lot of these people who have been successful across many different things, and and I see those things over and over again. Love it, man. That's good stuff. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. Cannot wait to continue to follow what you've got going on. And I'm excited to see it and also excited for you. So thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate uh, you having me, man. As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, they believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. 
My favorite product is their convenient new brain stick pack. Perfect before a workout or a study session, their dual mushroom blend supports memory attention and brain health. I also have been using their cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you to as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. If you're looking for a way to stay energized throughout the entire day, grab a bottle of Suniva Super Coffee. Suniva is something I drink on a daily basis. It's an organic bottled coffee blend with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil, which provides me with clean, all-day energy. Head to your local Whole Foods or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Suniva was founded by three college athletes who are brothers and wanted a cleaner way to stay energized throughout the entire day. Let's face it, we all want to look good in the clothes we wear, but I got tired of sifting through the racks looking for a quality pair of jeans that cost less than $300. Then I found Distilled. DSTLD, pronounced Distilled, offers premium denim and essentials at an affordable price. Their products cost just one-third of what other premium brands charge because Distilled refuses to work with middlemen, bringing savings directly to you. Just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.